Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens. You're all of those things, I know. Welcome to Glocal News in Social Artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and we always get to talk to wonderful people that are building a more humane world from the inside out. And today is no exception. We have with us in the studio live, Lee Lockhart. And when we're talking inside out, I mean, you really put the good stuff inside us. <laughs> Lee brought a, a, a greenish looking uh, wonderful drink this morning for me. <laughs> good morning, Lee. Good morning, Dick. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Now, is that thing turned your way? Does that matter? Okay, How's I don't that? know. All right. Yes, well, uh, I had a carrot juice drink in Philadelphia in 1971, and it, it seemed a little over much. I never got into to the, the veggie drinks yeah. th- kind of thing. Um, but... Uh, this isn't bad. <laughs> That's uh, high praise coming from you, Dick. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, juicing's not for everybody, but for people who live kind of a, a lifestyle where they need to get nutrients in, maybe because they don't eat super great otherwise, uh, juicing's a great way to get those vitamins and minerals that your body really needs and um, kind of give you a good start off to the day. But you've got mm-hmm. your great breakfast already prepared there. Well, uh, and I, I, this is... This is the second round. Is that right? I, well, I, I start with a, a tall glass of water, let that set for a bit, and then I start my half-regular, half-decaf coffee. And then after a bit, I'll, I'll have a kind of a the best protein bar for me that mm-hmm. I can do. And, and then an hour or two later, I'll... Dig into do, the, do my the granola, parfait or yeah. granola, whatever yeah. it might be. It looks and delicious. It is. It's wonderful. I love that you made it yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you made this drink. Well, my girl Jenna made it. One of my great employees made oh, it. That's why it's so, so this delicious. Was done down at the shop. Yeah, down at Main Squeeze. Main Squeeze. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> one of our favorite places for Thank lunch. You. Yeah, Marcia, my wife, and I are there almost all. Fridays that she's in town getting well, her guitar you. class. Oh, great. Yeah, and at every other Friday or so. And I'm a real fan of the works with salsa. It's a salsa. good one. It's a good one. It's been on the menu a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And and she likes to sample your soups. There are mm-hmm. always a variety of soups. You know, this is the first year we stopped making soup in the summertime because, holy gosh, it's hot outside. And is nobody it? is eating soup, so I <laughs> took that off my to-do list for the summer until yeah. it cools off a little bit. I'll warn her. Yeah, please do. Because I know. think she might have gotten soup just the last. Some time people she was in. like hot food in the hot weather. Yeah, no figure. Yeah, yeah. I think Coffee Zone stops uh, down in Jeff City stops their mm-hmm. soup much earlier. That's the, the great season. thing about being an independent business is because you can make choices that work for your business. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And how long have you had? Because this is your baby, right? Yeah, this is my baby. Yeah. Uh, Well, I opened in 1997. I had a great opportunity to open in a kind of a micro way inside Lakota Coffee Company. I always want to give them credit for really giving me an opportunity to start my business in a really small fashion to see if it would work. And I just served juice and smoothies out of the front uh, corner of their um, coffee shop. And I was I there for that. about a year. Yeah. In 1997, mm-hmm. uh, I met your beautiful daughter at that time. Alethea. And, um, yeah. Alethea. Shout out to Alethea. She's listening. Love her so much. <laughs> Leafy. Well, actually I met Leafy when we worked at Murray's together. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Even we go be- way, way back, mm-hmm. but I opened the juice bar in 1997. And I have to say, now that I think about it, I have to credit her because she called me new year's Eve, 1996 and said, that little space in the, in the front of Lakota is available. There had been a guy there selling crepes 
And she said, you know, all those juice drinks you keep making and, you know, you could sell it. Anyway, it was kind of her that planted the seed for me to call the owner and try to sell him on my idea of having wow. a fresh juice bar there. And uh, he was really receptive to augmenting his business in that way and let me set up my little noisy blender business in his front window. And uh, so it's kind of your daughter wow. that had a lot to do with bringing uh, Main Squeeze to fruition. <laughs> I got these goosebumps. I know. All well, over. I just, you know, it's been it's been 22 years, so I kind of forgot about yeah. that little caveat. But she's the one that, you know, noticed mm -hmm. that the the crepe guy was mm -hmm. gone and the space was empty, and and it was such a great way to start a business like mine because in 1997 there wasn't any fresh juice, there were no smoothies, there was frozen yogurt and some ice cream, but um, juicing hadn't really hit the middle of the country yet, mm -hmm. and I only was turned on to it by traveling out on the West Coast and having my first carrot juice, mm -hmm. and I know you thought it was a little much, but I thought it was liquid gold. I was like, I can't believe I can eat a pound of carrots by just drinking this juice, and it was delicious, and anyway, <laughs> so uh, long story short, 22 years later, yeah. here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And you know, she's always had an eye for organization placing things you know space, the, that sort the of genius a... gene runs thick in the dalton clan Ooh, it's Ooh. true we're sitting in the dalton building <laughs> that is true we are yeah we are and uh kopn moved in here in 73 mm -hmm. and i moved out uh, just a short time before that i'd been camping here oh i didn't know that that's awesome i can't camped here off and on from 71 uh-huh and uh and then Mark Heim started the Columbia Grocery here in the front. See all of the stories. Yeah. It's so great to talk to people who've been around for a minute because you you don't realize what's come and gone and what's mm -hmm. changed in the years. And mm -hmm. uh, it's got a great, uh, thick legacy, this building. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed spending a few years here hosting World Woman back in the early aughts, I yeah. think. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So you're part of the family. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, it's great to be back. Yeah. So, you're not a Columbian, I guess? I'm from Kirkwood. Go Kirkwood. Pioneers. Uh -huh. Yeah, St. Louis County. But I moved here on purpose because I really liked the feel of a college town, and mm -hmm. I wanted to stay close to family, but not too close. Mm -hmm. So, Columbia was kind of the perfect answer, and mm -hmm. I moved here to start farming, actually. I rented a farmhouse in oh. Hartsburg, and... Oh, wow. um, I say farming, large-scale gardening, mm -hmm. and was super interested in sustainability and growing my own food and, and then trying to kind of get my business off the mm -hmm. ground, and that all kind of happened around 96, 97. Mm -hmm. I think you must have come along to Kirkwood possibly after my aunt stopped being principal. Virginia Alexander Whoa. was principal at either the elementary or the... Junior yeah, I'm not familiar with her, but I graduated yeah. in 83, and I had the mm -hmm. good fortune to have as my principal Franklin McCauley, which is a name that many, many, many people know f for having just been a high school principal, but he was enormous in the progress of um, social justice back in the 80s before mm -hmm. anybody was talking about um, social justice, mm -hmm. and he is a seven-foot-two giant of a man Whoa. who looms large in his physical presence but also in the lessons that he taught so many of us and mm -hmm. he's in Tennessee now doing amazing things but I've never seen a high school principal that has so many personal connections with um, the, the people that he uh, principled all those years ago so mm -hmm. um, yeah he's a great guy what's his name again? Franklin McCauley Google him there's a great YouTube video of him talking about the work that he's doing now with um, social justice in Tennessee I'll ask you to remind me of I that. I will, yeah. Franklin I can't say enough about him. I love him so mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Yeah. So you came to Hartsburg, mm -hmm. and then... Uh, I opened my business quickly after I moved there, and I loved country life. Uh, I lived in the city uh, after I lived in Kirkwood, so I was not used to you know having space and solitude and stars mm -hmm. in the sky and things <laughs> like that. And, and a river. And a river. And oh my gosh, I spent so much time. I I, I was kind of a river rat for about a year and a half, mm -hmm. and then when I opened the business, it got to be a little too uh, much to drive from Hartsburg to. Mm -hmm. To town, mm -hmm. you, you know. Nineteen eighty. Uh, no, I was. Uh, I moved here in ninety six. Moved to Hartsburg in ninety six. Oh, so I had a oh, decade okay. in St. Louis where I worked for Planned Parenthood and uh, the Natural Way, if you know oh. that natural food store, and a bunch of other um, 
types of jobs. But anyway, when I moved here and was living in Hartsburg, it was a little bit of a um, too much time in the car to get back and forth to work and so forth. But uh, I bought a great house in town in First Ward and love it and have been super happy there ever since. Where's First Ward? Which one? So the First Ward is where we're in right now. The Central Business District oh. is part of it and then out to the library. Um, and I think it goes probably to about West Boulevard or so. Oh, and wow. so I live, I'm what they call a nobo as opposed to a sobo. A nobo is somebody that lives north of Broadway okay. as opposed to south of Broadway. I grew up on South Garth. Oh, you did? Yeah. So you were a sobo. I was. I didn't yeah, even know I didn't. was a sobo. Ah, now you know. So yeah, it's a, it's, a sobo from Como. Yeah, <laughs> I really love my neighborhood. I can't imagine living very many other places in Columbia because it's it's like KOPN. It just represents a tremendous amount of diversity. I love living around different kinds of people from myself. People of different economic backgrounds. People that do different things. Um, that's why I go to the dog park a lot for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how close are you to the Oak uh, Towers? Oh, um, three blocks, four yeah. blocks. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I and spend a lot of time over in that area because I do a little bit of volunteering for City of Refuge, which is just around the corner from mm-hmm. Oak Towers. Mm-hmm. And uh, my good friends run Central Latino, and I have some involvement with them, and they're right there, at, um, right across from Oak Towers. And the city has some of their land... Uh, What's that word they use where they bought the land and they're now? The land trust? The land trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, The land trust is in that region. Yeah, which is really valuable work. I mean, you know, affordable housing now is not what we used to consider affordable housing. Now affordable housing is a $150,000 house. It's really making it difficult for low and even middle income people Mm -hmm. to get into a decent home. And if you don't have equity in a home, it's hard to build generational wealth, which Mm -hmm. is a real problem you know, in bringing up people who uh, are currently low income. This uh, trajectory of yours, uh, did this principle plant seeds or was it prior that to that? guy. Well, I was telling the story the other day that when I was about seven, uh, my family went to church in St. Louis in the city, but we lived in the county. So in the county, everything is flowers and rainbows and you know, I have all my needs met because I'm a suburban white child. Mm-hmm. And but then we would go to Third Baptist Church, which was across from the Fox Theater down in the city. And as a kid, I was really crushed by the amount of poverty that I saw. Mm-hmm. And I would ask my parents to explain it to me. It just didn't make any sense. And I suggested at one point that it would be better if everybody could just put all their money together and then we could divide it up equally and then everybody would have what they needed. And I still... Seven years old. Oh, my god. I mean, well, because children understand. If you explain to a kid where meat comes from, they don't want to eat meat anymore. Mm-hmm. Kids are... They get it. It's so clear. They're not muddied by all the adult layers of denial and explanation and justification that we have, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, as a kid, I was hyper aware of, you know, I saw my first bag lady in the bus station and I just couldn't understand why she was carrying all of her things. And um, Mm. anyway, so, yeah, that, you know, and my father was a minister, so we were definitely uh, tuned into Mm -hmm. the lesser the people who had less than us. And and my dad also came from rural Alabama and grew up in a big family, super poor. You know, he picked cotton. He was a soda jerk, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Um, Before he joined, were you Mm -hmm. just a a soda jerk? I just think the name is terrible. Anyway, my dad, uh, (laughs) you you make ice cream cones and and yes, but why be so mean about it? A soda guy. I'm the soda guy. Can I make you a soda? I don't have to be a jerk. Anyway, <laughs> no, my dad actually, uh, you know, coming from a really poor family, his opportunity to get out of the rural south was to join the army when he was 15 and a half. He lied about his age mm-hmm. back in the day when they couldn't verify anything because, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I grew up around people who were very conscious about disparities and mm-hmm. it's kind of peppered my life. But, mm-hmm. you know, the last 20 years I've been so focused on making the business work there's definitely been dramatic ups and downs financially for the business and Mm. um, it's hard to think about other people when you're worried about paying your own bills Mm -hmm. but now that things have smoothed out uh, the economy is better it has been better for many many years now Um, I understand how to manage money tremendously better Um, Mm. and things are going so much better and so it's so much easier now for me to start to really think about what how can I make a bigger impact personally, but also primarily with my business? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem right to 
it's hard to be a capitalist, you know, because I, I owe my success to so many people and the support of so many people like customers like you and your lovely mm -hmm. wife that come mm -hmm. in regularly. And, mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to, um, and because it's not very satisfying to get up every day and just think about the bottom line, mm -hmm. but if I can think about it affecting a bigger thing, um, it's more motivating, you mm -hmm. know, to keep going after 22 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and the thing that motivates me the most is animal welfare because I'm a vegetarian because I care about animals. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't used to talk about it for like 15 years. I would never, I would always use the environmental angle or the wellness angle. But really, truth be told, I have a lot, I don't want to create suffering in the world. And for me, uh, eating meat meant that I had to eat something that had been killed for my personal consumption and satisfaction and I personally just don't want to be responsible for that it's also why I'm single and don't have kids because mm -hmm. I don't want to create any suffering I just want to take care of myself and mm -hmm. lead a good life mm -hmm. and try to be a good person and do good things mm -hmm. in the world and mm -hmm. mostly in my small small community mm -hmm. um, but uh, the suffering thing is what gives me the motivation to keep going mm -hmm. to like knowing that for 22 years we have saved you know, millions of animal lives by providing plant-based meals. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but beyond that, I'm very aware that the type of product that I serve, which is an organic locally sourced product is expensive and it's out of the price range of many, uh, yeah. even middle income people. Mm -hmm. I frankly don't know how college kids afford it, but they do. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid they're going into debt to eat rice and beans, but mm -hmm. anyway. Um, and so when I think about making money, uh, and serving this product, I've become really hyper aware of how important nutrition is. And it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, eating well has a lot to do with your health and your success in life. And just because you're poor doesn't mean you shouldn't have access to good, clean food. Mm. You know, food deserts, you know, Colombia has a problem because we don't have access. Mm -hmm. You know, still, in spite of the addition of Lucky's, we still have people that have to walk a mile and a half in today's heat mm -hmm. to carry groceries back home. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to go to break time and pick up a sandwich and some yeah. chips and a Coke. Right. And that's just another disadvantage that you have if you're low income. And so me and my business, we're just trying to figure out ways that we can affect my community. I can't help starving children in Africa. I really just have to focus on the ones that are right in front of me. Right. So I, I look for people on the street that look hungry and mm -hmm. I'll ask them if they want to come in mm -hmm. and eat, because if I can get one plant-based meal in one person, maybe their day gets better mm -hmm. and maybe they'll make a good choice and help somebody else. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I just have to believe that it all adds up and makes a difference. Of course it does. Let's hope. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't have to hope. We know. It's true because like Friday, every uh, second Friday, we cook dinner for loaves and fishes. And uh, yeah. I've only gone to serve a couple of That's times. That's over at Wilkes Boulevard. Yeah, Wilkes yeah. Methodist Church. Uh -huh. and um, C.W. Dawson's been on the show Yeah, twice. yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. So that is a great way for me to really see the impact mm -hmm. when I'm serving plant-based foods to 125 people. And they come back for seconds and they want to take some home mm -hmm. because maybe the quality of food that they're accustomed to getting is, you know, different than that mm -hmm. or maybe not as nutritious. I mean, I don't know, but mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming if you show up at Loaves and Fishes, it's out of need primarily. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's one way that we're trying to um, tip the scales a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Every little bit. Yeah. Um, locally sourced. That means it. The food that you serve has been grown in this region? Yeah, I would give a, a disclaimer to say that it's only a fraction of what we serve because last year we did a million dollars in business. And of that, you know, there's no farmers locally that can grow enough carrots for what we need to juice. But when we can get products locally, like this is the first year, my blueberry farmer retired, oh. Mary Brock, God bless mm -hmm. her, she's been at it for 30 years on her blueberry farm and we've enjoyed the benefit of her delicious fruit for all those years and you know she deserves to retire mm -hmm. but i really miss her blueberries so we're not able to source those low i haven't found another provider yet um you know we serve missouri pecans goat's beard farm cheese we have a great relationship for 20 years with share life farm which is 
one of only, I believe, two certified organic farms mm -hmm. um, in uh, mid-Missouri. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big egg eater. We serve tons of eggs, but honestly, the we purchase eggs from Share Life Farm, and that's probably about $7,000 of their annual farm budget. So if we did not buy those eggs, he would have to fill that gap some other way. And they're a really small family farm. It's literally him, mm. his 85-year-old father who still farms, um, his wife, and then a little bit of farm help that they have. And it's really a remarkable operation uh, to keep afloat, especially because they live, you know, an hour 20 outside of, maybe an hour outside of Columbia. So it's hard to get free labor interns that kind of thing and so they really mm -hmm. end up doing most of it themselves and i feel very responsible to them to buy their kale and buy their daikon radishes and buy their eggs and oh my gosh i dreamt about his potatoes the other night he grows the best <laughs> potatoes in the world these yellow flesh little yukon butterballs oh <laughs> i'm like homer simpson over potatoes but anyway so you You're know a our connoisseur uh, well i, I mean, like you, the food dick yeah. i'm not gonna lie <laughs> Um, I mean, that's kind of what got me into it is just loving to eat. But uh, but yeah, sourcing locally. I mean, there's sometimes when it just doesn't make sense. A, a friend of mine said, look, I've got 30 pounds of raspberries. And I said, what do you need per pound? She said, $10. I said, I can't I can't charge that much for a smoothie. Mm. You know, I can't to offset the price. So, you know, it's kind of picking and choosing. Mm. Um, if I was a great baker, I would have turned those raspberries into some fantastic thing. Yeah. But that's why I sent her to my friends that are great bakers at Good Food Company and Range Free and places that really specialize in using like a small quantity of raspberries and something really fancy and mm -hmm. awesome. But the goal is to try to get food that's closer, grown closer by because it's not only fresher, tastes better, mm -hmm. it has a much smaller impact on the environment when you, when you don't have to truck food from California oh, or yeah. Florida or oh, Mexico. Yeah. and Much smaller carbon yeah. footprint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you're not a co-op. No, I'm a capitalist. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> because I think uh, people make fun of Marianne Williamson, you know, in her presidential bid. And oh, I don't know I if you're familiar with her. I thought she brought up some great See, points. See, you I and I get her. her for a long Me time. too. Course in Miracles. She's great. Yeah. One of her tapes I listened to years ago talked about um, being successful by putting good out into the world rather than crap. And so she talks about giving a lecture and a guy comes up and he says, look, I listened to the Course in Miracles and I decided I was going to sell these widgets. And, you know, it was going really good at first, but then now I'm not selling any and I can't figure out why. And she says, well, can I look at your widget? And he shows her the thing he's trying to sell. And she's like, well, this is junk. You can't put junk out into the world and expect to be rewarded, you know. Mm -hmm. And so my thing is I want to be a for-profit business mm -hmm. so that I can make money so that I can feed people at loaves and fishes that's the whole you know right i need very little myself you know i'm a single person my house is you know under control i've got solar panels on it my <laughs> lifestyle is probably like yours like i don't spend much money um i'm trying to pay my employees significantly better we were really involved in the um proposition that was on the ballot last november to increase the minimum wage to 12 dollars by 2023 and i'm trying to get there by the end of this year um, because a living wage is an important thing for me mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. support in my business. Fine. So, yeah, I'm a capitalist. I want my business to be profitable so that I can do good things with the money. I learned that from Marianne Williamson. No, go make a lot of money and then go do great things with it. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know you learned that from her. But yeah, I learned a lot from her. Yeah. I, people should really listen to her work and quit mm -hmm. being mean to her about you know, saying that we should beat Trump with love, like people think that that's nonsense, but love is what trumps everything. You know, there's no other greater, and I'm not unrealistic. She has no chance, I know, but it's a nice concept to think that we could not get down in the dirt, but we could maybe go higher. Well, her point that hate will never accomplish anything, any real and if it Health. does, I don't really want to be a part of that structure. Yeah. So uh, love is something that we all know. Yeah. We may not have experienced it as much as other people or maybe more than other people. And so um, tell you what, Lee Lockhart, owner of Main Squeeze, we're going to take a station break. And when we come back, 
can we explore this love thing a little oh, more? I'd love, I'd love to. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right, folks, we'll be back in just a moment with more local news in social artistry. See you soon. local news and social artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton. My guest today, Lee Lockhart, owner uh, of Main Squeeze on South 9th Street in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, is it our only vegetarian organic? You know, sadly, we are the only uh, vegetarian cafe in mid-Missouri. You'd have to go to St. Louis or Kansas City to mm. find another exclusively vegetarian or vegan place mm -hmm. which is surprising because plant-based eating has never been more popular or talked mm -hmm. about or um, embraced uh, this is it's the best time to be in the business mm -hmm. so to speak which is probably why there's almost always a, a very small line at the counter where we go into your shop and and order and you must full, come at the off time well, the flow of what I meant was there's always somebody oh, yeah. in line. Yeah. It's, it's, you never walk in with an empty. Sure. Well, you know, the interesting thing about downtown the last 10 years is just boomed with the student housing being built downtown. Because before when mm -hmm. kids lived, you know, Way on out. the perimeter, mm -hmm. uh, downtown wasn't as busy. And if you ask any merchant, they'll tell you business, you know, unless your product is crummy. Mm -hmm. You know, if you serve a crummy product, like Marianne Williamson would tell you, you know, you're not going to have success. But if you serve a good product, you're going to be busy. Or a niche product that yeah. isn't as popular with that age group. Yeah, like uh, the uh, hookah place manages to mm -hmm. stay open. So, you know, yeah, there's well, something the for everybody. the store may have trouble keeping their... Yeah, I think retail's hard right now because of the Internet. Oh, true. Yeah, you know, people ordering online. Well, and because you can shop in your pajamas and you don't have to try it on at the store. And, mm -hmm. and also you can shop for the best deals. And it's rough, you know, for, for merchants. that I, I feel I didn't know when I opened a restaurant that uh, it would be such a solid choice in terms of if, if you're going to sell anything in the world, people need to eat. Mm -hmm. And so and it's the one mm -hmm. thing that um, I figured you know, bookstores, record stores, clothing stores, shoe stores, those kind of places kind of ebb and flow. But food, as long as the quality is good, I, I think it's a great formula for success. Yeah, and you're not likely to be bought out by some conglomerate that... Uh... Uh, I could not see that ever happening. I have a great disdain for the big and the greedy... Yeah. It just ruined, you know, I've over the years, I have been approached by people who talk to me about franchising main squeeze, mm -hmm. um, you know, with the sales pitch that like, don't you want them to just have access to this food? But because it is my baby and I created it, I don't mm -hmm. want to see it sullied or uh, changed in any way. You know, we we compost all of our food waste. We this morning I brought in um, food from my garden, cucumbers and tomatoes. Mm -hmm. there, there's just things that we do that. um you know, if it were bought by somebody who looked at it like an investment opportunity, mm -hmm. I'm afraid that the heart would go out of it. And the heart is the whole nut mm -hmm. of the place. Mm -hmm. Like when you go in, it's a feeling that I want people mm -hmm. to have. Mm -hmm. um, not mm -hmm. only just from eating well, but just the vibe of the place and reading our mission statement and understanding the things that we do sustainable wise and, um, the things we do in the community and the way we treat our employees and uh, the things that we um, try to make right. Yeah. Well, you have your hanging plants all over the Ooh, ceiling. Can I tell you about those plants? Well, please. When we first opened, um, <laughs> a couple of key people, this lovely woman named Sienna, who doesn't live in Columbia anymore, but many people know, she saw my barren little cafe and she brought in 
I don't know, $200 worth of plants. I killed all of them, but this one <laughs> philodendron. And the, the one that I saved, I've managed to sprout and grow into all of those plants that oh you see my. hanging. So they all came from one plant. And the other cool thing is many people in town know Willie Maxwell. Willie was the only reason we had music at Main Squeeze because he donated about 20 CDs. We listened to a lot of Nancy Griffith back in the day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had other friends. They donated aprons and, and dishes. And, um, if, and if you your ever. Little pads on your chairs. Oh, yeah, my friend crocheted those uh -huh. out of old t-shirts. Uh -huh. And uh, if you ever notice the wall, the south wall in Main Squeeze, it's a plaster wall that has handprints hand in it. Yeah. And those are all the people that loaned me money back in uh, 92. Is that what I said? 90, whatever the year was that I opened. Uh -huh. And uh, we had a party. The wall was crooked. And I didn't have the cash to re-drywall it. So we just put plaster on it and had a party for everybody that loaned. And, you know, you got to remember, this is like before the Internet. So it's not a GoFundMe yeah. Kickstarter campaign. Mm -hmm. It's me on a typewriter, probably on a computer, writing a letter saying, this is what I want to do. I want to have this vegetarian restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, I want to give a huge shout out to Sheila Johnson, who won't hear this. She's in Spain, the mother of Zola Sturtz. Uh, well, they can hear in you, Spain. Well, she may not be up yet. I don't know what Sheila's doing. But anyway, she was really instrumental. Paul Sturtz, too. He kind of planted the seed of having a Paul cafe. Paul Sturtz, yeah. He, uh, he was kind of uh, flummoxed that there wasn't a vegetarian place in Columbia mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. And I was super interested in doing it. And he and Sheila had made this great kid together. And they had, a, you know, a lot of great ideas being from uh, the West Coast. And... Um, Actually, Paul had an idea to put it upstairs on Ninth Street and call it the Up There Cafe. But anyway, then this space where we currently are opened up, mm -hmm. and uh, Sheila is the one that came up with all of the beloved recipes, coconut haystack, sesame ginger oh. dressing, the Buddha bowl, the enchilada sauce on the work, like so many things I have to credit um, Sheila for. Yeah. I say if I ever get it together and write a cookbook, I'll dedicate it yeah. to Sheila and to all my employees that have worked so hard yeah. over the years. And then you have local artists, don't you, that yeah. you display? Uh... Yeah, um, we've done, uh, over the years, we've displayed everything from jewelry, photography, um, you know, pastels, for, you know, just pretty much any kind of artwork that can hang. And um, right now we have a cool pastel show by Hope Martin um, that's worth a, a look. She just sold a nice piece yesterday, in fact. And uh, after Hope's show comes down, we're reinstalling on a semi-permanent basis these really cool prints by Jenny McGee. And they're prints of mid-Missouri. So mm -hmm. they're... they're um, paper collages of a uh, capon climbing wall or hmm. um the bluffs at Roachport, or they're super super beautiful and she is uh she has one of the great combinations of talent and marketing that i've ever seen in an artist hmm. but her work looks beautiful in main squeeze it's the perfect dimensions it's just like <laughs> a, it matches um so to speak but um Anyway, so yeah, and I don't, it wasn't something to do to sell money. We, we've never taken a percentage of the art that we sell mm -hmm. because I don't know any artists that have extra money. Right. So I'm always super happy when we can um, sell something for somebody locally. Mm -hmm. I hope one day I'll have my own stuff at Main Squeeze, but I'm too far behind at this point. You're an artist. Oh, I'm a gluer. I like to glue. Oh, okay. I glue things. Uh -huh. And my uh, decoupage that mm, more like dioramas, is? you know. I have this idea for um all the president's mice. It's a diorama of presidential assassinations with little taxidermied mice. Very just an idea. Just an idea, Dick. It may not take off. I don't know. There are only two assassinations, so wouldn't wouldn't take me long. That brings up a whole different image of you. <laughs> no, I love I, all my all my closest friends are artists, and uh, uh, that's that's where the good stuff is. Yeah, yeah. And you're on, you're south of Broadway, so you're so. Well, my Bo. business is Sobo, but I live Nobo. Right, yeah. right. And I like Nobo because north of Broadway, like I said, it's just the diversity of my neighborhood. Um, you know, I have people that disagree with me politically in my neighborhood. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love to stop and talk to them. I also have neighbors that I am completely in lockstep with mm -hmm. politically, socially, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we all support the farmer's market, things like mm -hmm. that. But um, being north of Broadway helps to remind me of how everybody lives. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you live in a kind of a gated community or you live someplace where you don't see low-income people very often, it's mm -hmm. real easy to forget about them. Mm -hmm. And yesterday when I was going to the dog park, which is my happy place, um, you know, I drove by Oak Towers and there's a little park just north of Oak Towers, and this was at 4.30, it was 95 degrees out. And there were people hanging out in the little park there on the benches mm. trying to catch some shade. Is this where the school used to be? And it was torn down and now is a park? Uh, right I don't remember the school being there, down. but I, it's just right yeah. across Sexton from Oak Towers on Garth. It's a really tiny little park. Oh. I don't even know if it has a name, okay. but it's part of Columbia Parks. I've seen the the okay. sign there but you know so i i see folks every day you know hanging out in the park and i you know i think about them and i wonder what their lives are like and i wonder if they have what they need oh my i've, I've had the same question of of the homeless yeah. or the at least the people that are on the streets here yeah. in town and and i don't think the quarter or the or the 50 cents is really what they need but that's what they're asking for today you know, I learned a long time ago, like, I'm not going to judge somebody. If they want money and I want to give them money, I don't ask them what it's for. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you care about how they spend it, mm -hmm. if you're such a proselytizer, you have to control mm -hmm. how a poor person spends the money you're giving them, then don't give them money. Mm -hmm. um, we do have a lot of a lot of my customers that buy food and take it to the guys, you know, downtown. Yeah. And, I got um, a gift card that way for, for one of the corner people. Is that yeah. right? That's awesome. There's an interesting um, app. I don't think it works in Columbia yet, but it's an app where you can add money to a person's account at like Walmart or other places where they can go get necessities if mm -hmm. you're really that uptight. But, you know, for me, if somebody's an alcoholic and that's how they want to spend the money, like I'm not going to judge that person. If I feel like helping, I help. Mm -hmm. If I don't feel like helping, I don't help. <laughs> I wish more people would spend just a second uh, just spending a little time talking to you know, people in different mm -hmm. income stratas than themselves, because I really think the source of all of our bigotry and division and hatred is because we don't spend enough time with people different than us. And I don't mm -hmm. mean just rich and poor. I mean, you know, I have a friend, she says, I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends that voted for Trump. Like any, she said she didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, you need to go meet more people. You need to get out of your bubble because it's no good that way. Yeah. It's no good that way. Uh, one of our regulars on the street is Rick. Uh, oh, I know Rick. He's great. And uh, so when I first saw Rick, I said hi. We have the same name, Dick, Rick. And uh, and then once, do you read books? And yeah, yeah, a little bit. So I pulled out my book, and over the next several months, I would just when I was doing my errands downtown. I'd drop my book to him, and he would read whatever he read, and then I'd pick it up because he didn't want the extra baggage right. of you know, having to take care right. of something. So we have a great relationship. <laughs> he comes in and eats at Main Squeeze yeah. on the regular. He's yeah. a really nice young guy. I don't know what his story is. I don't um, I don't ask him because I have respect for the privacy of people, and I don't mm -hmm. want to be a privileged white person that just goes up and thinks automatically that I can just start – asking people personal questions about mm -hmm. their circumstance that's mm -hmm. none of my business mm -hmm. and they may or may not want to share and if they do they'll bring it up mm -hmm. my concern is are you hot do you need water right. do you want to come into the air conditioning and relax for a little bit mm -hmm. till you reset mm -hmm. now i've had interactions with uh, people on the street who are problematic and and create uh situations that i can't have in my business mm -hmm. and in that case it doesn't work but the vast vast majority mm -hmm. of the people I've interacted with the last 22, 23 years mm -hmm. has been absolutely positive. And there's no greater joy for me than seeing somebody on the street who looks like they need something that I have yeah. that I can help them mm -hmm. with. And it's such a little thing, mm -hmm. bottle of water, a couple bucks, mm -hmm. you know, it's, mm -hmm. yeah. So is that love? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I hope we, so. We were going to talk about yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope that everything I do manifests love in a little bit. Now, that said, I have my moments for sure. I just had to um, eliminate a customer the other day because she was mm. being really problematic in the store. And that, mm. 
you know, I thought about it because it had been brewing for a long time. Like, what is the loving response? And my my choice at the loving response was inaction. But then that didn't work and it kept building. And then I had to take action and it wasn't the most loving thing. Or but was it, it tough love? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It scratched a really <laughs> ugly itch for me, to be honest, because, you know, the public is rough. And honestly, business gets rougher by the year with the way things are going in our culture. Mm. Um People get their groceries delivered. They get their food delivered. They mm. work from home. Um, they're not interacting in our society the way that they used mm. to. There's a lot of stuff out now about um, how, you know, the rates of suicide and depression and anxiety mm-hmm. are just skyrocketing. People are tense. The political climate doesn't mm. help. Opioids. And yeah. All the other I mean, things. there's just so much negative stuff dragging people down. But on my best days, I live in love. Mm. I try to be there for everybody that I interact with. I thought that Marianne Williamson comment that uh, why is nobody talking about the cause of chronic illness yeah. and the cause of the drug there's no money. The cause there's of no the money. Abuse? Because if we don't know the cause, then we're just throwing money at yeah. all these little I don't think, things. honestly, I remind myself that America is an experiment. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we have the foundation for care for each other. Mm-hmm that we maybe used to have or should have we're so protective of ourselves and our stuff and what we want and need that we kind of forget the sinewy stuff that binds us all together you know as a single person i really think a lot about my relationships and how important it is to have community and have good friendships and people that i trust and can count on and you know, that I feel connected to. And I, I do worry about some of the younger folks coming up that, you know, they have friendships, but they don't actually know the people. They mm-hmm. know people online mm-hmm. or they um, have relationships with people online, but they don't have the, you know, I love sitting outside a main squeeze and just like talking to all the people that go by that I know. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I was really taken with the Waltons. Yeah. Yeah, I loved the Waltons, and I um, loved the whole going down to the general store, and everybody knew each other. And when I was little, I thought I'd grow up and own an emporium. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And sell penny candy. Um, You know, because I like the convivial nature of living in community. That's the big reason I moved to Columbia. I didn't feel it in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. It's so big. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely felt it when I moved to Columbia, and I... I thrive on it, and I um, can't imagine living in, like, a world where we're all so isolated. Like, that seems like the kind of the trajectory that we're on. The more stuff you can do in the comfort of your own home and don't have to go shopping for it or, mm-hmm. you know, you miss all those. I can tell you how many great conversations I've had with people at Itchy Stop and Scratch, you know. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness gracious. Up on North Providence? I'm a thrifter, so it's a thrift store. But oh, anyway, okay. and mm-hmm. it's great because it attracts all kinds of different people, and you know. You... Is it right there, uh, close to the North Towers? Oh, uh, no, Towers? it's across, uh, or is it right before seventy? So it's oh. just north of Vandiver. Vandiver. Oh, way out that far. Well, I'm yeah. yeah, way out there. Yeah. And so while you're out there, then you can take a left on Vandiver and go get those fresh homemade tortillas at the tortilla place that's just right down. Uh, La Tortilleria El Patron, I think it's called. Oh, oh my gosh, you'll die. Wow. You'll die from these tortillas. They're so good. So there used to be a uh, grocery store. It's by store. Italian Village, if you know where that is. Italian Village? Yeah. No. You should have me back just to talk about all my favorite Denny's places is, to go. is it close to Denny's? Um, is it Denny's along there? I don't think so. So just this is all off of Providence and Vandiver. So yeah. the things I'm talking. Itchies would be west of Vandiver. Mm-hmm. or west of Providence, rather, mm-hmm. and the tortilla place would be east on the north side. Oh, east, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a little bit of a diversion off of love, but I love tortillas. <laughs> 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 yes, well, it, uh, it's we have our loves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, there's hardly anything else, right, of value. Than love. Yeah. Well, I suppose we could say that that's the big glue or something that's of value but there's lots of little pieces that we yeah. don't call love but if we yeah. call it understanding or kindness sure. or uh, 
joy or, yeah. or music. I mean, yeah. Music is a manifestation music of is, but love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's, I guess, the way we view it. Yeah. Not a whole lot of Marianne Williamson viewing uh, at the moment, it yeah. seems, but probably a lot more than we realize. I think most people listening to this show have an affinity for that. I would viewpoint. expect that to be the case. And uh, and I hope that that is then spread on out to yeah. uh, the larger as much as we can. I, I know on Facebook I've got uh, I've got you know as they used to say if if those are your friends who needs enemies. <laughs> I have some people that don't agree with things that I post and yeah. and are really quite verbal and sure. and uh, and. Of course, we're not uh, in the position of changing other people. That's not our role. However, I feel as though I can practice my love perspective in the way yes. I treat the people that don't seem to have the same perspective. Absolutely. Shout out to all my cousins in the South. Because I don't agree with them about anything. <laughs> Your <laughs> and cousins. Facebook, yeah, my cousins. <laughs> They're a crazy bunch. Uh, politically, the Alabama we, cousins. They are the Alabama cousins, uh -huh. actually, and they uh -huh. well, the and the Georgia cousins. But um, I love them so much, and we disagree about practically everything. Mm -hmm. But I love them, and I'm not going to eliminate friends because we disagree about abortion or you know i got a, a one star review a couple weeks ago uh from a person who said that they came into main squeeze uh in 08 uh i we almost closed the restaurant oh. because the economy tanked oh, yeah. uh, i was in terrible credit card debt uh it, business totally dried up it was very frightening and uncertain um around that same time my dad died there was a, like a crescendo of events that were like really not good and so when i was thinking about um closing um oh gosh i've completely lost my train of thought someone was going to come into your life in some way to change it yeah no it's still gone dick mm -hmm. <laughs> So how did you keep your business going? Oh, thank you. Uh, in large part due to my accountant at the time who put out an alert to her friends via an email saying like, hey, if you like the place, she could really use the help. Can you stop by and, and buy a lunch or something? We got extremely busy after that. People really rallied. I appreciated it mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. much. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So in 08, when we almost closed, Elizabeth Warren stepped in. She did all of these great things in banking mm -hmm. reform. Um, legislatively so that they couldn't gouge you on interest rates on credit cards so that consumers were made more aware of how much it would take to pay off a debt of this amount given this rate, things like that. Um, I would have closed had it not been for the banking reform that she oh, wow. passed. Wow. So after that, and this is before she was even in Congress, mm -hmm. I invented these little kind of sesame rice crispy treat things called Elizabeth Warren balls. And I make oh. them really big. They're the size of like a baseball. Yes, I see she them has in your counter. Right? Big balls. If that didn't oh, come together oh, for you. Oh, I never put that together. Right. And most people, it doesn't resonate with them at all, you know. But this one particular person came in. She saw the Elizabeth Warren ball. She was offended. She left. She called the restaurant. I hardly ever answer the phone. I happened to answer the phone. She wanted to know if we funded any philanthropies. And I said, we have three areas of giving. Um animal welfare so second chance we're a big supporter of central missouri humane society things of that nature um getting this same quality of food into low-income people in our community like through loaves and fishes mm -hmm. and social justice and reproductive rights issues mm -hmm. um i worked at planned parenthood for a long time in st louis i'm a i'm a feminist i'm a advocate for choice um i don't care if you don't want to come to main squeeze because you disagree but she wrote a one-star review and said i i was so excited to find great vegan food this person's a vegan um but you won't have my business because you fund abortion and i thought this is what's wrong with our country because you know i'm not going to stop getting my favorite matcha latte at caldi's because they may they're not i'm sure but maybe they funded the nra or something mm -hmm. you know i just can't live my life in those black and white areas i'm not going to not support something because I disagree with them about one thing. So this person who gave us a one-star review who who won't come get the food that she needs because she's a vegan, um, 
doesn't look at the fact that we're saving animal lives, that we're feeding poor people in our community, that we're, mm-hmm. you know, doing all these other good things. It was that one mm-hmm. um, identity politics thing mm-hmm. that she's just drawn a line in the sand. And I just, mm-hmm. I like to live in the gray area. I don't want to be so black and white about everything. I want to love everybody. I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want to try to change anybody. I don't care if you're a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Just be a nice person. I'll be a nice person. And with that, thank you, Lee. I don't want to go, Lockhart. Dick. Let's well, just skip the next show. It, but it's fresh air. With oh, Terry no, Gross. Terry Gross. No way. <laughs> Sorry. 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 I don't want to start anything. Uh, thank you so much for having me. What a great It's an honor to be back in the Dalton building. Yeah. Hey, great to have you here. Thank and you. I'll see you at Main Squeeze. Yeah, I hope so. Okay. No, no doubt about it. Thanks, Dick. Uh, so, listeners, uh, next week, uh, we'll have to say, is a mystery guest, since I don't know who it's going to be. <laughs> and uh, until then, uh, remember, wherever you are, that is your world. Uh, please leave your world cleaner and more peaceful and more loving than you found it, because if it is to be, it is up to us. Until later, talk to you soon. Yeah,